Welcome everyone to this edition of Simo Speaks. Today's show will be a bit different since I'll be covering last week's game against Luton as well as the one that happened this week versus Fulham. After that, we'll get into a bit of Champions League roundup, followed by League One developments, coaching developments, and then that'll end with my donkey of the week. So the Luton game started off on a good note for United with two early goals for Hoyland. First one came off of a mistake by a terrible back pass by Amari Bell before rounding keeper Thomas Kaminsky to score. His opening goal at Kenilworth Road, one could call, was a typical poacher's effort. He then follows it up by scoring a beauty off his chest. Hoyland has now scored in six successive Premier League games, the youngest in the history of the competition to do so. With Hoyland already on a brace and it hasn't even been 15 minutes, I personally start to think United are going to have a worldie of a game. Because of what seems like the squad is firing on all cylinders, I think that, you know what, where everything is going to be clicking and we're potentially going to pick up full three points. And that's the worst, because hope is what kills you. At that stage, United looked capable of running up a crazy score, but somehow, they just turn off. They start playing the game as if they're chasing it, and they're the ones who are two goals down. Luton then come to their senses and get back into the game when Morris dives in to header to Heath Strong's second ball after an attempted goal. United keep chasing the game, and they have moments where they look alive, but Garnancho misses an opportunity around the 67th minute mark that he just has to finish next time. You gotta be able to finish your meals in situations like that. He's young, and I know patience is important, but sometimes it feels like he's overthinking it or he doesn't know which move he needs to execute. Regardless, it's a mental aspect that comes with time and not a matter of skill set. Following that, the game is pretty end-to-end with Kobe Mainu standing out to me in particular, making the measure to control pass and not just playing hot potato with the ball. He wants the ball, he knows what to do with it. Once it's in his feet, he can make the correct pass. The fundamentals, something that a lot of players sometimes, or all the time for United, look like they lack. He was the most impressive player, and he seemed the most composed. I don't believe he deserved that yellow that he got. It looked like a clean tackle to me, and watching the game back with the audio on, the commentators seemed to agree. Ross Barkley really turned up against United, and he's been having a decent season so far this year, so who knows, maybe that lands him a move back to the Big Six, but I think he should stay at Luton. Luton remain in 17th place with 20 points from 24 games, although following this week's fixtures, they are now in 18th place. With Luke Shaw potentially out for the season, that means we'll probably see Linda Love in that left-back position more, but if I could have anybody to replace Shaw, I'd probably pick Nuno Mendes of PSG, or to be cheeky, I'd put in Kamavinga, even though we all know he's not a left-back. Now for the Fulham game. This past Luton game I just described might be my last game on this series or this show that I'll probably ever do analyzing a game, talking about play-by-plays if it's not something out of the ordinary, something absolutely spectacular. I want to take it in a different direction, but especially with United, they don't deserve analysis from me. All right, let's get into it. The first half started off incredibly tame by United and Fulham, and that's just me being nice. United didn't look like they came to play, and with my eyes, it looks like they were tired, overtrained. I know other people have mentioned that it's just that they don't know what to do they have no identity or sense of play i think they all have anxiety i think this is an anxiety riddled team i think they're all suffering from severe anxiety where they all just look like they don't want to be there fulham had some good opportunities but nothing concrete i'm sure if they still had mitrovic they could have probably capitalized on a few of those chances but united was incredibly sluggish and at that point the only way you can wrap your mind around the game is if you're under the assumption that the evil bald supervillain that is eric ten Hag has signed a deal with the devil the way united defenders unsustainable and at any given moment the deep lying midfielder and their back four has way too much space in between them to be trying to press high up as much as ten Hag instructs the players to do It's an incredibly lackluster defending by United that allows Calvin Bassey to open up the scoring for Fulham at the 65th minute mark after his first attempt falls right back to him. 
The impressive moments I noticed in the game were done by Maguire, or one of them was done by him, including a amazing hold-up play in the Stratford end to switch the ball over to Bruno, who then works it back into the box with a good cross, allowing Maguire to score his first Prem goal of the season. United are starting to get momentum, and when I say momentum, I mean they're realizing that there's a game happening in front of them, and they're professional footballers. They stop acting aloof, but continue to look on most set pieces stupid. To me, that's coaching. Fulham get their second goal when Adama Traore burns through the United defenders and makes his way into the top of the box, top of the 16, and placing it into the middle of the pitch for Iwobi, who hits it with precision and power into the bottom left corner. That's a goal he could have used in the AFCON finals, but hey, it is what it is. I'm not going to get too much into analyzing the players or any standout performances. I think they're all some shit. I think they all played like garbage, except for Kobe Menu and Ahmad. I, I think Ahmad is special. I think he should play more, obviously, but he doesn't have the burning pace that others can offer you. And so I understand that it's easier to put the onus on one than it is to put on 11. So I'll definitely be speaking more about my thoughts on Ten Hag more when we get into the coaching developments as well as the donkey of the week. Now on a Champions League roundup. Nothing crazy outside of the Porto-Arsenal game. Amazing 94th minute goal by Gaeno. We'll see now if Arsenal can pack them up at the Emirates. Inter beats Atletico. PSV Eindhoven and Borussia Dortmund tie. Barca and Napoli tie. And now we'll move on to League One developments. Jean-Louis Gosset is back in a coaching job less than a month after getting fired by Ivory Coast. The Frenchman was appointed as Marseille's new coach this past Tuesday. The replacement for Gennar Gattuso. We see Marseille is ninth in the standings after 22 matches, trailing PSG by 23 points, and they failed to win any of its five league games this year. Now on to coaching developments. Thomas Tuchel is to leave Bayern, but it looks like he's flirting with the Barca job, that German slut. Rumors of Xabi Alonso wanting to completely avoid the shit show that is Bayern currently and would opt to stay another year at Bayern Leverkusen to take the Liverpool job. Something interesting about Bayern Leverkusen is that it was founded by the Bayer, the medicinal company, the pharmaceutical company. Their unions had a soccer team that would play it after work. Transition into Bayer Leverkusen. Moving on, who would be the best fit for United? Some names thrown around are Nagelsmann, Luis Enrique, De Zerbi. I think, I think at first I was saying keep Ten Hag while Ineos takes a look at what the long-term plan is. Before Pep City won it with Mancini, there were managers who came before him and it's a long-term process with the amount of money he's sunken into the squad to make it his. Whether you like him or not, he's probably what you have for the foreseeable future. After the performance against Fulham, um, I, I I don't I never want to see this coward again in my life. He he is the donkey of the week of the month, and he'll probably win EPL Manager of the Month too. Is cowardice ball playing players out of position as soon as they find form, not giving certain. Not to say Jaden Sancho, you know I'm gonna stay away from that situation. Not to say he needed to give him a chance, but I, I I think he's taking too long to put him out in. I think you put him in at the end of the games. I think he needs to get acclimated. If you think. He's the reason why you might fold or lose the game early on because of something he might do or a mistake he might commit. I think you need to look into your tactics and what kind of coaching you're doing if he can't even do the fundamentals. It looks like a lot of the players can't do the fundamentals. I don't know why he can't just put McTominay up front and leave leave me alone. Honestly, I, I hate him. And he reminds me of an evil Charles Xavier, just an evil. Pep is bald and evil, but this guy is bald, evil, and bad. And I shouldn't put all the blame on him. I mean, uh, Casemiro and Bruno were playing amazing hoofball. You know, as soon as you get the ball, just toss it. Kick it as far as you can. There's no point in giving it to a player. Onana's being a... Onana's the first ever inverted goalkeeper. He's he's not an inverted winger. He's an inverted keeper. I'm not sure I, I miss De Gea, but I'm not sure I can tolerate some of this nonsense any longer. 
like I said, it's tactics, but on top of just not, not good decision making is a recipe for disaster. I mentioned him earlier, Kobe Mainu, most composed player on the pitch. He's looking at these guys, they're all older than him, and he knows he's better than what they're performing and what they're producing right now. It's unfair to him, and he doesn't deserve to be that young and have to deal with that. You're supposed to learn from players, and you're supposed to grow as you grow with the game. And it seems like if he wants to grow more with the game, leaving United is going to be his best career path, which is depressing to say. We saw it with Alanga, who's lining it up at Nottingham, but he was never... So I personally don't think he was ever going to be at that level at United. Uh, the comparisons was Dan James, but unfortunately, I just don't think either of them were going to be a good fit there. Kobe Manu is a good player. He's a baller. I think he needs to be nurtured, taken care of, but it seems like with this nonsense happening, Ineos has to come in and take care of it and make sure that he is somebody that stays there long term. Thank you all for joining me on this somber special edition of Simo Speaks. Less special, more somber, but all is well. Football is here. We love the beautiful game. Always more to discuss. Thank you all for giving me your time, and I hope to catch you on the next one.